What's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the New Age Outdoor Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I want to give a huge shout-out to Big Sue Screen Printing and Embroidery for supporting us and our adventures into the outdoors as we break into the outdoor industry. They are currently designing merch that we can bring to you guys, so go check them out on Facebook for all your custom apparel needs. We also want to give a huge thank you to Skunk River Recon and Mark Johnson for keeping us supplied with the best custom fishing rods money can buy. At Skunk River Recon, they can build any rod you can imagine. Whether it's a fly rod, bass rod, ice rod, or even a saltwater rod, it can be built. For more information, or if you want to get your very own 100% customized fishing rod, get a hold of Mark on the Skunk River Recon Facebook page. How's it going, everybody? We're back again on the podcast. Um, it's actually take two of this episode. Uh, we recorded the first time and it didn't end up saving. Yeah, the technical difficulties we've had with this podcast is like kind of been a pain in the butt. It's worth it. Like we're having fun, but you definitely tell them you're doing it on a budget that it, it, there's going to be difficulties along the way, but we're working through it. Um, so today we're going to talk about the Nebraska uh, turkey hunt we went on. We went on the early season bow hunt um yes, sir. it was like the beginning of the trip was like probably the one of the most roller coasters of a trip that we've had so far or even just a hunting period um so we'll start off with we kind of been talking about you guys have heard us talk about in a few episodes before but that we plan on going out to nebraska bow hunting turkeys and so we kind of we didn't we didn't do it last minute like we had some stuff planned out but when you're doing it like we were you know just going out for a one-day hunt there's only so much you can really plan in one day and with the weather changing as much as it's been up here it's not like you can go and really scout birds a week ahead of time because the weather's so up and down you don't know what they're going to be doing that next week so we started off um saturday morning was opening morning i think or saturday or friday and uh, i think it was saturday morning yeah i think saturday was opening morning we were both busy saturday morning it was saturday. like the third week of march the right. third, like the third weekend of March, I believe. So we were both busy Saturday morning, so we couldn't go out and hunt and get out there. Um, so Saturday afternoon, we met up and we took off for to our our I guess route that we kind of planned to get to our spot that we had to we had to make a few other stops. We had to stop at Shields. Um, I had to replace my Vortex binos, and then we went to a Walmart to go get my tag printed. And if you guys have what never, a fiasco. if you guys have never done anything in the outdoor section in a Walmart before, it is probably the most headache thing you've ever done before. Like it is such a pain. Like, I don't know if it's their fault necessarily. I don't think they train their workers necessarily in the hunting and fishing departments. Cause it's not like one of those huge sellers for them. So I got my habitat stamp and I bought my license online. We ended up going to Dom's college after. So we'll get to that. So we buy that and we're rushing to this public spot. We're going to try and roost a bird and, you know, we're driving out there and this is where that roller coaster kind of kicks in is we're kind of down about the tag and we're driving along the road. We're a couple miles from the, the public spot that we're going to look at. And we have three long, beautiful long beards cross the road right in front of us. So that kind of got our hopes up again. And 
shortly after, you know, we, we stopped and we filmed them a little bit. You guys got to see that in the video, but where you just get to the first part of the public and that roller coaster takes another hit and we pull up on one of the spots up here to pull in and there's two trailers and three or four pickups and a bunch of guys camping. You can tell they're turkey hunting. And so there yeah. we were down again. So from there, we drove, we kind of memorized where they were at and we drove to the other end of the public. We hiked up on the ridge. It was beautiful. It's been again, getting our hopes up and you know, the beautiful country and just the area we were in was so pretty. So we were kind of on that high again. And so we hike way up on this. Well, I shouldn't say way up. We hike a decent ways in like a mile and a half. And we get down on this. We drop down on the finger of a ridge trying to call in so we can listen to a couple different bottoms and see if we can hear these birds before they fly up and just see if they're being vocal. Um, and again, from that high of, man, this place is so beautiful. We don't hear a bird the whole night. We're sitting there on that ridge uh, listening, which we were only there for probably about 45 minutes. But yeah, we didn't hear a single bird. So that kind of, there we go. We're down again. So we yeah, and out. I think I think the weather had a huge part in that. Right. It was really thinking cool. back on last year because I went out that same weekend with Maya last year, and the birds were fired up like crazy, you know. And I think it just goes to show how much the weather plays a part in how these birds are going to act. Because you know, it's been before that it was probably averaging in the. 35 to 40 range you know for the the, the week before that right. and that day even wasn't that warm so it's like I was going into it hopeful but you know it's hard to expect them to be fired up especially that early I mean the third weekend of March is still pretty early if you think about it when we hunt these turkeys until you know Nebraska season goes till May 30th so um, right that's a long season and you know you, you think that's a bunch of time to fill your tag but then you gotta remember there's three weeks in april where we're chasing our iowa tags and we're fil trying to film each other's hunts and then with everything right. else we have going on this time of year you know with the delta waterfowl and the banquet everything um you know we're just this is a busy time of year for us so trying to get back out to nebraska was going to be like a get out there the last couple weeks of the season maybe so like i said we yeah. leave the public spot um we're kind of on a low you know, didn't hear any birds, but we're trying to stay positive. And so on our way out, we kind of remember where those guys had parked and were camping and we're driving by and like, oh, let's just, let's pull over and talk to them. You know, it's going to go either really good or really bad. Like they're going to tell us to GTFO or they're going to be, they're just going to be cool about it. You know, we'll talk, you know, that way we're not both running into each other on the public spots and ruining each other's hunts. And we right. ended up going up and talk to them. Super cool guys. Um, it was, they were from Wadsworth, uh, waterfowl i think they guide up in wisconsin yep. um yeah super cool guys you know they gave us some tips they said they they shot did they shoot a bird in the morning or they missed i think they said they shot one of their i think one of their um group members or whatever i think they got one that day yeah i think but they, they had shot. heard of another group that hunted that farther like down three. and shot like one yeah two or three but and he said that they, they got they pretty close to a jake yeah yeah and so super cool guys. We stopped and talked to them for as long as we could. Then we had to rush to Vermilion where we were stay, where I booked the hotel to stay. Cause we originally were going to stay in a tent, but when I was looking at the weather, it was going to get down to like 19 degrees and we were not prepared for cold weather camping and, you know, trying to keep batteries warm and keep your, your spirits high and make it a, a memorable experience where we want to go back out there and do it. I was like, eh, let's just get a hotel for the night. Yeah. Dude, I was, I was honestly kind of scared to stay in the hotel just because I was a little bit of a scared. I didn't know like we walked in and it was kind of different I was like 
uh, it was the cheapest one. Whatever, we just kind of roll with it. You know. and, yeah. So we go to we go to USD and we're in the library going to print off the tag. And at almost 10 o'clock at night, you know, library is about to close. So there's very few people in there. And, you know, they, if they are, they're either studying really hard or they're just goofing off. But it's not like people who hunt. So, like, we walk in in full camo, you know, boots, everything. And we're just getting, like, the nastiest stairs. Like, oh, my gosh. It had been, like... I don't even know how to explain. It was, like, it was so funny. I mean, <laughs> we walked in. I never, I've never been in there that late because, like, usually I'm just there during the day, like doing homework or <clears throat> printing something off for a class. But, you know, we were there at what, like 9 30, 10 o'clock or something. Yeah. It was and, like very borderline library closing. Yeah. So we walk in and I just feel awkward just because I'm full camo, you know. We're walking in there, clunking our boots around, you know, and uh, get in there, print the tag off, whatever, and all right, you know, we saved the day. All right, let's go, go back to the hotel, relax, and uh, just kind of get our get everything. We kind of had to ready just for laugh about everything that night. In the yeah, hotel. you know, we we even went to McDonald's, and got food, and on the way into the hotel, I dropped the food, like the bag rips and the food drops. You know, it was just kind of, and then. Yeah, Dom you dropped one of my chickens, bro. Yeah, and then Dom's trying to make an MRE in the hotel, and he happens to get the one in a million that doesn't have a heater. Dude, I don't know what the heck happened. I did not get a heater. Like, it was just wasn't there. And I was so, like, just depressed from it. Because <laughs> I was looking forward to warming it up with the heater, because that's what I always do. Because, like, I have some of them just from, like, fishing tournaments and stuff that I'll eat, like, overnight. And I've never had that before. And I open that thing and I'm looking and looking and just throwing stuff everywhere, trying to find it. And I'm just like, okay, I guess I'm eating it cold. So then I use the uh, a McChicken box or whatever you had and warmed it up. And that chicken one wasn't that good. It wasn't as good as the McDonald's. It smelled like (laughs) Yeah. But so yeah, so. We got to bed super late. Like, I think we find I probably didn't even fall asleep till a little after 12. And we ended up getting up just around four, a little after for me. Oh, man. You know, the night we spent everything getting our gear ready. So we had, didn't have so much to do in the morning. So we were pretty tired. I'm um, getting up at four, but we had pretty high spirits going into it. Um, you know, that first day you're getting out there, you know, actually with a tag to fill is it's hard to be down on a day like that, no matter what your scouting has led up to. And so we Especially get Especially it being the first literally the first day that we go you know have been out turkey hunting for 2022 so it's just the excitement going into the morning was already like you said we were on a high just from you know that thought right there that we're we're turkey hunting in march and it's just different for us iowans you know we don't get to turkey hunt until first second you know the first week of april first yeah so just getting out two to three weeks earlier than everybody else in iowa is like oh, you know, let's go. We're all hype about it. Right. Right. Um, so, and this is one tip I'm going to give is, so yes, we had walked in on the spot the night before. Um, but we gave us, uh, gave ourselves plenty of time to get in and get to the spot that we had planned to sit, um, to where we could, uh, call birds. Um, you want to give yourself, especially when you're going to a, a property that you don't know a lot, and especially in an area that you haven't been a lot, Give yourself more than enough time because even if you know it's just an extra half hour, an extra 20 minutes that you've planned on your hike, um, 
that just allows you to take your time a little bit more go a little bit quieter because you don't know exactly where you like I said we didn't hear any birds where they roosted so we didn't know where these birds were so we didn't know if they were going to be 100 yards from us or five miles from us so I think giving yourself that extra time when you're in unfamiliar situations is good and allows you not to stress so much so we did we gave ourselves plenty of time I think when we finally got we were about a mile mile and a quarter from the car where we decided to set up on this little finger to call down into these bottoms and listen for birds um, I think we had about 40 minutes to sit in the dark before uh, legal shooting light which was perfectly fine with me like you know get out there and it's kind of nice just to sit and relax and listen and yeah it, it was good I, so and you know it, it helps that pre, you know prior to all of this going out there I had spent a couple of days that you know the week prior to us going just kind of looking at the spot it was a spot that I kind of discovered last year looking at the Nebraska like public atlas or whatever you want to call it and I had seen it kind of close to a spot that I was hunting and um, it looked pretty good because it was a you know a large portion of land but also that goes into you know I was looking around it and it was pretty much the only public you know substantial amount of public ground that I could find so it was kind of the only option as far as public land goes so I just took the time and kind of used you know used on x a lot to exam like examine the property I guess and just see how the best way we can get in where I thought like the best um, advantage points would be as far as which ridge to go in where we could set up to kind of get a good feel for the property and I think that definitely helped us going into it like you like you kind of mentioned is just we had an idea what we we're going to do obviously all depending on what the birds are going to be doing but we knew what we could do what we could control and we did everything we could going into that so and a big thing too that played a part that morning was how cold it was I mean we woke up and we were walking out there it was fine on the walk by the time we got out there we were we were pretty cold you know yeah it was you know I put sitting at the car it was really cold getting dressed and getting the gear out of the car so I put an extra layer on which I knowing better I always do this myself like I know better to hike when you before you get started hiking you want to be a little chilly that way when you get moving you're not sweating and that was I think my problem is I know I put on a coat over top of my hoodie that I was planning on wearing and I was a little hot so then when you're sitting there you're cold and you're cooling off you know that's that moisture is what really makes you cold and that's like the biggest tip too is if you're hunting like a season where you're going to be cold the most problem where people get cold is they are too warm and they sweat and when you have moisture in your body and it gets cold obviously that makes it way colder so like I said so we got up on this ridge and we were sitting you know first light came in we heard a couple of birds but they were like they were what probably a thousand yards plus off like either across the missouri river or way off on some private that we would never touch yeah they were they were definitely distant and i don't even know if they were in an area we were could have pursued them because we had we had found out from those those Wisconsin guys that this property was actually bigger than we had thought it was um because the onyx was it didn't show it you know all the property yeah it has public a layer turned on so maybe one of those birds that we heard to the west was possibly on the public ground. But then again, we talking to them, you know, the morning or the night before we, you know, they told us they were going to go to that side of the property. So we didn't want to just go barge in there looking for that bird when they could possibly already be on that bird or be close to it, you know. Right. That's just that hunter's etiquette. And you got to respect them. You know, they respected us enough to kind of share some intel the night before so we were gonna respect them and not even pursue a bird in the direction that they were at 
Um, right. And, you know, it is, you know, and the guys are so cool about it too, is we had this chance where we were going to be able to come back out to Nebraska and hunt again, you know, in the late season, whereas they probably didn't, they drove a long ways. They spent a lot more money than we right. did. And so, you know, I just, I had that, they're putting their work in. I want to give them the best chance of getting a bird too. Right. So Especially we, since we're, you know, we're only an hour away. They're yeah. eight or something, whatever they said. Yeah. It was seven, eight hours. So we sat but. there till about nine in the morning. Like I said, we heard those few that were way off, but we didn't hear anything else. Um, so we went back to the car and we're kind of looking on Onyx and trying to find some other public spots. And there wasn't really anything, you know, when, when we hunt turkeys, unless we're hunting like a river bottom, we look for hills and big timber. Like if you find some big timber that's got hills around it and, you know, some steep ridges, most generally there's a good chance there's going to be turkeys. You know, that's what we've hunted back in Iowa. So that was kind of what we were used to. Um, and there really wasn't much of that around other than this one piece. Um, so we were kind of driving around. We looked at some other spots and we drove by this spot where we seen those three beer three birds the day before and there were two trucks parked in the fields around them so we kind of figured those were already kind of spoken for fields so you know we're trying not to go and push boundaries there and you know waste yeah. our time asking permission when there's already people hunting because even if we would have got permission you know is it really fair to go just walk in on a field that somebody else is hunting you know it's you kind of yeah you gotta just another just thing where that etiquette comes that. in in ethics yep so um <clears throat> After this, we just kept driving down that same road. I'm pretty sure once we got on the highway there, and mm-hmm. we were driving to the southeast, or whatever it was, and I was the one driving, and Mike was in the passenger, and we had passed this cornfield, and um, you had spotted those three longbeards in that cornfield, right? Yeah. So I was looking off the right into the creek bottom, and I just happened to turn over, and I was getting tired, and I was like half asleep, like trying to watch for birds and stuff, and you know, just look and learn the area and I happened to see three birds at the time I couldn't even tell if they were long birds the one I could so I seen them and we flipped the car around drove back glassed them real quick got their long beards and I started looking at the property what property they're on what property they're going towards and found out the one property that they're kind of going towards that originally thought they were on their action on somebody else's he lived like just a couple miles away on the other side of the property so we drove made a couple mile loop drove back to the house, go up, talk to them, super friendly people. Um, you know, at first they were kind of like, you know, who's pulling in the driveway, you know, all in camo. So, but they were really nice. Turns out the guy gets um, some of his farming supplies back from where I'm, where I live. And so he kind of made that connection. He's like, yeah, go ahead, go try and get them. You know, just don't go on that property. That guy's really not a fan of hunters um, or whatever. So we go and get permission. We fly back around and we're, we're going in super light. Like I did take my vest. No, I didn't take my vest. I just took my bino harness and my bow, and that was all I took. Um, didn't bring the Jake decoy or the hen. We just took the strutter, and you brought your vest, right? Yeah, I had, I had my vest on, I think. Yeah, and so we kind of looked at the terrain. Oh, wait, no, I didn't. Going. I didn't even bring my vest. I didn't either. think so. Like, we went we were, just yeah, we were bow. light as we can because we had no clue how far they had gone because, you know, we had to go ask permission and come back, which if you turkey on it long enough, which even in the two to three years i've been turkey hunting i know when birds are moving and they're on a path they're on a path unless something cuts them off um so that's kind of what i was thinking going into it is you know we had known the path the the line per se and they were traveling right and i wanted to get into a position 
you know, with that reaper where we were kind of breaking them off, right? Cutting them, mm-hmm. cutting off their line um, of travel. So we kind of went up the hill there and I had spotted them on the other guy's property, kind of traveling that fence line. I told Michael, you know, let's just back, back, back off, back down the hill. And we'll kind of try to wrap around these large hills just because if, if you know Nebraska, a lot of times, most of Nebraska is, you know, big rolling hills. It's not necessarily gradual. It's up and down. So you can really use that to your advantage to kind of wrap around, <clears throat> wrap around these birds. So we wrapped back around, worked kind of to the left side of this hill and then back up it try to get we kind of got to the crest of the hill and I had told Michael he was kind of crawling behind me because I had the reaper in front obviously and I told Michael we were just going to try to get to that crest to where we had the advantage point to where we could see a good a good distance but also be able to see kind of down the hill and that was a mistake I made because I really didn't get onto that crest enough to where I could see fully down in that the bottom of that hill there so we were there with the Reaper and kind of explained how you were set up because we had talked about this in a previous episode, right. what we wanted to do. So we kind of did that. So my plan was, was when we finally got, if we had to set up on a bird and, you know, we're, we're going to set up in an area and the birds are going to come to us was I wanted to, and I've seen this a lot in elk hunting, especially when you're out hunting West, you'll set up with like, so if the elk is, you know, going left to right, you'll set up your collar in one area and maybe your shooters, you know, I'm trying to think. So if you're looking at like a, a northeast, southwest scale, you know, if your elk's going from east to west, maybe put your collar on the west, you know, where that elk's going, but have that hunter set up to the north or the south that way. When he's coming in, he's focused straight ahead on the calling and that's where his line of sight is, but you're off to the side and he's not focused. So it gives you a better chance to draw your bow and they don't necessarily have to go all the way into the tur- into the decoy or into the calling then because you know if you're set off you're an offset like 20 yards you know instead of getting to 50 yards they only have to get to 70 yards so that was kind of just kind of like the scenario that I pictured that if we had a chance to set up and do this I wanted to try it and it did work we did find out where I kind of messed up in setting up so we set up there was I was actually kind of behind Dom a little bit but the way that played you know now that I'm thinking about it was the way the crest to the hill was it was going you know west to east but it also went back to the south a little bit or to the north. And that's why I had to kind of set up behind because I was still trying to stay down behind that crest of the hill a little bit. That way I could, you know, I had plenty of time to draw my bow. And, but the, the problem with that was we were on two different line of sights for the crest of the hill. So when these birds right. came in, Dom's seen them way before I ever even seen when they're full strut. I didn't even, I could barely even see the tips of their fan. And, right. you know, we were sitting there for a little bit and I shed some way because I was super hot from running up at these hills. And, you know, I was like, dang, you know, where are these birds? You know, we should have seen them by now. So I get on on right. I'm thinking, all right, where else can they go? Is there another place we can't set up? And all of a sudden I hear, I faintly hear Dom say right here or something like that. And I look over and here's two full strut gobblers, like five. Hold on, I got to ask you Dom. a question. Did, did you know they were there and then they gobbled or did you did you hear a gobble and then you realize oh they're there <laughs> no i when did you yell at me before or after they gobbled it was before I, they gobbled i think so yeah yeah so i i seen them when you yelled at me okay because like, yeah with the wind when we too, i here, could barely hear i could barely hear you or them gobble and just the way the crest yeah. of the hill too like it went their sound went down the hill instead of up and over yeah, it was, it was like kind of a 
we set up our own little perfect storm with that yeah. but uh it, it planned Cause, out so because I, I was behind that decoy and if you're ever hunting with a reaper it's like your view is 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 blocked quite a bit you know obviously you got to look under or over the reaper so i kind of was just sitting there laying with the reaper in front of me and i think i was messing with my camera or something trying to get it ready just if the chance of these birds actually just coming in which i thought maybe they respond to my calling because i did i was doing a few yelps here and there i think i did like two or three sequences of yelps um and nothing you know i heard nothing back from it so i was just kind of getting down not still thinking that it's still pretty early but thinking i was you know halfway through april hunting turkeys where i'm gonna hear a gobble but when these birds crested that hill i bet you they were up there for a solid 20 seconds before i even realized it because when i looked down they were probably five six yards in front of me and uh all i saw was bright red you know and full strut turkeys two gobblers right in front of me so yeah like you said i i look back to see if we're even ready and you're on your phone here whatever you're doing and i'm like michael you know trying to whisper as loud as i can to get your attention and finally <laughs> i get your attention but and then they gobble and then you can go from there and what happened but yeah so i finally look over and so all I can see is like the tops of their fans and the tops of their heads, like barely coming over and they're going over the ridge and the front one is like going back down. So I grabbed my bow, which I already had an arrow knocked and my release on and everything. So I get ready to draw and I'm like kneeled over hunching. And so I come up and I'm just on like, just on my knees, like straight up trying to perch up so I can uh, draw and get a line of sight and pick my spot where I'm going to shoot. And I couldn't quite see the body of the birds. And I was not going to take a headshot. You know, that's just not even out of the question. Um, So I had to stand up and I'm like, I half drew. And then I kind of let back a little bit. Or no, I drew kneeling, stood up. And, you know, I kind of look at the decoy. I'm looking at Dom. I'm looking at these birds. And I pick, I'm like, yeah, they look pretty close to 20 yards. So I put my 20 yard pit and I shot. Um, and I know I hit the bird, you know, you hear when you hit something with, especially with a fixed broad, it may be the same with the mechanical, I've never shot a mechanical, but I know, especially with a fixed, if you hit the animal or whatever, there's just a, a solid thud when you hit anything. And I heard that. So I knew I hit the bird. Um, but the one thing that confused me was the bird like hopped off and then flew off. And I was like, that's like, you know, I knew I hit the bird. That was the thing. So, you know, yeah. I knocked another arrow quick drew as he was going down the hill and back towards this other private and i was seeing if he was gonna stop and i was gonna know a shot on him but he ended up flying off into this other private and so right now we're we're kind of you know what do we do and i'll let you kind of yeah. take it from here yeah so you know i was really excited that we even that they came up i was still kind of in that shock factor um just because they surprised us you know and we weren't expecting it that fast and um once you shot you know i i really it was kind of a blink of an eye moment it's like i i thought you would hit him but i also didn't know you know because once again being behind that reaper i was also looking through the camera lens for the shot when it occurred so i really didn't see a whole lot as far as like if you for sure 100 percent hit him so like that's why i kind of asked you when you came over i was like do you know you hit him do you know where you hit him and i know obviously when you're after that moment you're just kind of you know, your, your head's going a million miles an hour. So 
you know, I was like, okay, well, let's just kind of take a look back at the footage. And I had followed where the birds, where that bird has had flew off, like you said, into the timber. So I had a good idea of where he was. Um, and then you had reassured me that you did 100% hit him. Um, so we just used that film to our advantage to at least get in a general area of where he, where he was at. So um, just kind of, a, I will say before, before I go into this is he did fly out to the property that we didn't have permission on, but um, it was our responsibility as, as hunters to pursue that, that bird that you had wounded. So, right. Like I knew um, I made, I could knew we I have make, probably go ahead. I knew I didn't make a bad enough shot where that bird was going to live. I knew the shot I made was going to kill that bird just from the sound in the air general area. I knew I hit that bird was going to be dead. And right. I just knew the reason we pursued the bird um, and with the bow, you know, I, there's, there's laws on making an unarmed retrieval. The reason I pursued it with the bow is because I just wanted to it to be the quickest death for the bird like i don't want i don't want that bird to sit there for five hours and bleed out and then us go in and find it um, right yeah that that was so i'll let you take back over because you're going yeah so like i said you know it's not like we just you're like oh, all right we're just gonna trespass you know we're we're pursuing your bird that you have wounded you were confident you hit it so it's our duty to give that bird its justice and finish the kill off so you know we cross the fence whatever and i'm already you know my mind's going crazy because i you know obviously no one wants to trespass and it's hard because we knew what the priority was but we also knew we didn't have a whole lot of time so we couldn't i feel like it would have been not the best interest of you know the situation and the bird and getting the clean kill as fast as we could if we were to call you know say get try to get a hold of that guy so we just kind of made the split second decision to just go in there and try to get it done as soon as we could. So we went in and um, kind of went to the general area where it was, you know, we, we knew that bird was still alive. So we were, we were, we were worried about that. And that's how I'm, I'm sure every hunter you have, you know, you have that mental thought where it's like, you wish you could have made a better shot, but it, you know, what happened happened. And the best thing you can do after the fact is I guess, control the, control what you can right right so we went in there and looking around or whatever and i had spotted the bird laying down by that little tree there he was in kind of a deep timber patch i guess <clears throat> and this is something where i kind of like i know michael you say it's okay but i i take some of the blame because i am not an experienced bow hunter and i kind of like really encourage you to take that shot where you had a small window at his head right Right. Yeah. So, like probably, you know, uh, probably an inch, inch and a half uh, portion of his head sticking up. And it was, a, it was a, not a difficult shot, but when you're, you literally just been running around hills, you just shot a bird, you're worrying about that. You know, I'm sure the nerve, my nerves got the best being, you know, it's kind of, right. then, you know, it's not a shot you practice. And so I'm sure that didn't help, but it's nobody's, the fault originally comes back to me not killing the bird on the first shot. So, like, when, we just made the best possible effort. So I did end up the second shot, the bird was laying down and I just see a portion of his head sticking up over a tree. I shot and I missed and the bird ran off and the bird ended up getting away a couple of times and it ended up 
flying way off and we couldn't find it again. We right. not, I made a big loop circling around, could not find it. And then you end up spotting the bird. Yeah, right. And at this point, I was just so, I guess, concerned for, you know, the bird. It was still alive and we knew we, it was flying. It flew off. So it's just taken a, a huge toll on you as well, just because right. just knowing that bird's still alive. And we knew the bird was going to dive too, because in the first spot it was, the pool of blood was just, you know, it was an arterial right. bleed, super bubbly, red right. blood. So, I mean, in a big puddle. So we knew the bird was going to die. We were just trying to make it quicker. That was all we were trying to do. Yeah. And, you know, a part of me thinks, I don't know, like, should we have treated it like, say, tracking a deer? But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, it's just kind of that decision we made to, we'd rather try to find it and, you know, get another arrow or two, however many to finish that bird and make sure he's 100% dead, right? So I spotted the bird. You kind of were off farther to the southeast, and I was at the top of the little hill there, and I looked down kind of the fence line, and I see him just laying down right by the fence there. So I got your attention. I was like, you know, he's over here. Let's go back. Let's go. Because at this point, we had already pushed him once or twice already so we didn't want to do it again without having a bow with a couple arrows to finish him mm-hmm. so i just kind of told you okay let's calm down let's go back let's get your bow find the two or two or three arrows at whatever we could find because you only had three right right yeah so we found two one and broke came back just i told you just kind of take a deep breath because i knew at that point you know it's hard for me to say what you were feeling because i I've never been in that situation before, you know, and I, you know, a lot more about bow hunting than I do, which is why I was trying to just do what I could as far as my knowledge, just say, okay, calm down. Let's just find the best angle. I know he was just laying there, but there was a fence there. There There's a bunch of trees around him. So it's like, you got to find the best shot, the best area you can put that arrow through to get a, you know, a vital shot. So you find a spot. We got as close as we could without so we didn't spook him or push him again right so i guess you can kind of go into what, what you did yeah next. so i shot the bird and complete body shot stuck him with the arrow but his head was still up and i'm like my everything in my gut is like just wrenching at this point and the bird's like stuck the arrows caught on the tree and he can't move so i took another shot and this one you know that was the end of it you know i, I got yeah. a clean solid vital shot on that one um and it wasn't that like I didn't study turkey anatomy and I didn't know what I was doing. Um, my first shot was just a bad one. And then the second one that I actually hit the bird was just, that was a weird shot, you know, the laying down from a bird kind of being above it and, you know, him kind of laying almost at like a 45 degree angle. It was just a weird shot. So yeah, I hadn't really studied the anatomy on that position. Cause that's not like a common shot you take, but so yeah, I did end up finishing the bird um, and retrieving it and I know after we finally did, we, it was kind of like just that sense of relief that it was finally all over. Like the tag was yeah. filled, the bird was, you know, not suffering anymore. And we were, it was just like, if you ever been like underwater for a long time, you finally get to take a breath like that, just that sense of relief. Cause we got right. out there and we got the bird and we went back and grabbed our cameras and our packs and everything out of the car and like everything that we needed out of the car. And we went back up to where the decoy was and where everything originally happened. We kind of just laid there for a minute and just sat there, just like finally just taking a just deep breath. Just kind of take in the moment and take in everything that happened. You know, we right. were taking you don't in. learn from it. Exactly. Taking in how it happened, 
obviously it wasn't the ideal way we wanted it to go. And I think like you, like you just said, it's a huge learning moment for both of us. You know, you've mentioned stuff about really working harder just to learn that anatomy right, as much know. as you possibly can over the next however many months unless, you know, you go back out later in the season. You know, like you said, there's just so much that goes into that, the bow hunting aspect of it, all the technicalities of shot placement. But yeah, like you said, we just take that moment in and just realizing that what happened happened but I feel like it's still our our duty to give that bird all the appreciation we could and get that the happiness out of it right Right. because that's kind of something I've kind of come to believe is like yes we're killing these animals for obviously part of it is fun right but also for the fact of getting the meat and getting to and the thing is it's it's not the kill that's the fun it's the journey right right and that's that's exactly it is the most fun i had on that hunt right there was seeing those birds right under that decoy for the you know 10 seconds they were there that is the most fun i had the whole day right and that's it right there you know just the journey that got up to that point how we had come in in the morning it was cold didn't hear anything we were all down in the dumps traveling back pretty much going home you spot these birds. We happen to get permission somehow. They were nice enough to let us go. We go out trying to cut the birds off. And we just get on that the, the right spot in the right time where, and then they were just there. And right. like that was when we were sitting time. up on that hill, yeah, when we were sitting up on that hill, just taking in that moment, it's just a great time for for looking back on all of it and just taking it all in and appreciating everything that happened. Yeah. So, yeah, we did end up filling the tag, and the video, I'm just about done editing. I just got to add in my intro or my end stuff. Um, so the video will be up probably about the same time this pod goes, goes up, hopefully by the end of the week here. And, you know, it was, yeah, it was definitely like an eye-opener experience, but it's a positive experience. And the best thing you can take away from this story and this hunt recap is – it's okay to make mistakes. And I'm out here and I'm verbalizing and putting publicly these huge mistakes that I made on this hunt. And, you know, it doesn't bother me a bit. I'm a hundred percent okay with putting my faults out there and stuff I messed out on. So you guys can learn from that and don't be afraid to go out and just openly say, I messed up. This is what I messed up on. This is what I need to do better. You know, even just saying it out loud to yourself, well, it'll, it's kind of, it puts that course in your mind that, it really did happen. And this is where I need to get better. And that's what I did. You know, I, you know, even on the car on the way home, I, I messed up on this. I'm doing this better next year. And since then I've, I've defined those things that I'm going to do better, just a little bit better since I've gotten home and stuff, but yeah, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Just go out there and do your best, do your, and then whatever happens, take, whether it's a success or it's your plan is a fail there's always something you can learn out of that. And that's probably the biggest thing you can take out of this episode. Right. And that's one thing I kind of mentioned in the video and was just talking to you after the hunt is stuff like this. I hundred percent guarantee you has happened, you know, countless times to people that we don't even know. And it's because people don't like to talk about stuff like this. People that want to maintain their, I don't know how you want to say it. Reputation. Not necessarily their, yeah, not necessarily their ego, but their reputation of being the best of the best and 
always making the best shot and the best clean kill. Well, the reality of it is it doesn't always happen that way. And if you can take something like this and learn from it and see that not everything in hunting in fishing and whatever it is is going to go life 100 exactly it's going to go 100 the way you want it to go so yeah just take from this that stuff's going to happen like this but don't be afraid to reach out to people you don't necessarily have to share it but maybe go ask some people that have done something like this or um have experience in different parts of hunting where you can get some I guess reassurance that you know everything's going to be fine just go out the next time you learn from the past experiences and do the best you can yeah so I think that's pretty much going to wrap it up for the first tag out of our group I guess that's going to turkey tag this filled this year um in the first hunt you know we got pretty lucky doing it all in one day but you know we got super 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 big things coming up you know we're friday saturday sunday four days four days from first season iowa opener and i'll be out um hunting with a shotgun and yes sir i'm going out the day before opener on u season gonna take my little brother so that's gonna be exciting um you know we have a big group of guys that we're trying to get out turkey hunting this year and we got a lot of tags there so it's gonna be a lot of good content I know Dom just got a brand new camera. I just got a brand new lens for my camera. Um, you know, we got some good trips planned out. We got some good spots. Got a good group of guys that's going to make some good content, and hopefully we'll get it done this year. And who knows, maybe we'll end up ending the season back in Nebraska late season. Um, yeah. Kind of just see how the time of the year plans out. But that's probably going to do it for us on this episode. Yep. Thank you guys for tuning into this one. We appreciate you guys listening and uh make sure you guys go follow us on all of our socials and everything we have them all linked below um so that's gonna do it for this one we'll catch you in the next one peace peace